0: Hello, and welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast. Coming to you from the Tabernacle of Praise Church International, headquartered in York, South Carolina, where our founder and overseer is Bishop Alfred Jackson. Copies of the message from this broadcast can be purchased at our headquarters in Monrovia at the Hope of Praise Church in Numatadia States, where Jackson G. Weah is pastor. We would love to hear from you, so write to us here in America at 229 Wood Street, York, South Carolina, 29745, or email us at tabernacleofpraise at msn.com. Thank you for tuning in, and have a wonderful day. You know, it's not just physical leaving, but there has to be a spiritual leaving. There has to be a separation spiritually from things that are ungodly in your family, which means that that you have to deal with some issues. You have to deal with some stuff that went on in your family line. And sometimes we don't want to be honest about stuff that went on in our family line. I'm going to finish this. So as Joshua Joshua calls them uh, to renew the covenant, uh, he begins to rehearse to them the benefits of serving God. And it gets to this point where he says to them, now fear the Lord and serve him all with all faithfulness. Throw away, throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt. He could say that God gave him that revelation to bring that out to them and help them see the connection to their ancestry. Throw away those gods that you serve beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable, and I like the way, I like the word that's used here because today we get into a lot of desire. Why did you do that? Because I wanted to. Did you think about the, well, I thought about it, but I wanted to do it. So I just went on and did it. How many of us do things just because we want to do it? We know what God has said, but we want to do it, so we go on and do it. If serving the Lord seems like something you don't want to do, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the God your father served beyond the river. And and, and see... When we think of idol gods, we're thinking of images. So I'm worshiping. My granddad worshipped this jaw. So, so we think of. Oh, so when you talk about idols, past you're talking about worshiping this jaw. I don't worship that jaw. We don't think in terms of homosexuality. We don't think in terms of babies out of wedlock. We don't think in terms of shacking up. We don't think in terms of alcoholism. But there are things that our families worshipped. There are things that went on in our family lines that God is saying we need to make a choice. So if it seemed evil, if it's something that you don't want to do, you need to make up your mind, the Bible is saying to us. So what are the blessings of, of, of in choosing God? Because, because there's a reason that, 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 that God is calling people to choose him. There is a reason that God is calling people to choose him. There are supreme blessings in God calling people to choose him. The blessings in choosing God, I want you to listen to this one good. Because we're going to say, oh, I know that. The blessing in choosing God comes in the peace that comes with serving him that we experience in our lives. This New Testament calls it perfect peace that passes all understanding, All right, Peace with God brings the peace of God. The Bible says we were enemies of God before we got saved. Now in Christ, we become, we're at peace with God. But that's if we're really in Christ. You know, when I when I study about um, when I study uh, uh, the, the whole issue of once saved always saved, I, I realize that you know you got to really be saved first of all <laughs> before that works. <laughs> Which means that you know salvation is more than coming before the church and say, "I believe Jesus died for my sins." There's much more than that. Salvation is the decision of your will Amen. to yield your life to Jesus, that he will be the Lord of your life. Yes, so we've taken a lot of people through the water who were really never saved, right. but because they said it with their mouths. Right, baby, you know, that's why, that's why, you know, Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. He didn't say you got to come and give me a lip profession. He said you got to be born again. Which takes place when the Spirit of God comes in, when you've willed, when you've opened your heart, when you've opened your art and you your heart and you've opened your will to the Lord and you receive Him as Savior and Lord. All right. That's when you start experiencing the peace of God. So peace with God brings the peace of God. Peace, peace with God comes when we submit to God and begin to live according to his righteousness. Not ours. I know that the Bible says that we are the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. All right? So that is an attributed righteousness. So does that mean that we continue in sin because righteousness has been attributed to us? God forbid. God forbid. We don't continue in sin just because, oh, the Bible says I'm the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. So it's been attributed to me so I can just live like I want to live. No. No. No, it doesn't work that way. Uh, that's, this is where transformation comes from. When I realize the value of righteousness being attributed to me, it's supposed to start because I'm, because I'm born again, because the Spirit lives in me. And this is a work of the Holy Ghost on the inside of me. It's not just my mind. This is not just positive thinking. No, 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 no. This is the Spirit of God working in me to create the life of God in me to give me the desire to live like God wants me to live. So what happens is the Holy Ghost inside of me starts stirring me up and wanting me to and, and stirring in me a desire to be righteous. So I can't remain the same regardless of what the struggle is. Who the word of God has been given to us to help us saints. It's been given to us to help us. Uh, there's a scripture in 2 Timothy that says, uh, All is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. I don't usually use the Message Bible, but I just said I looked at it last night. And, 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 and this is what it said in the Message Bible. It says, Every part of Scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth exposing our rebellion correcting our mistakes training us to live god's way through the word we put together we are put together and shaped up for the task god has for us so we have help in scripture if we allow the scripture to work in us because the scripture the scripture is going to expose our rebellion. Yeah. That's why people get mad sometimes when you preach certain things, because it starts exposing their rebellion. You know, if you, if you are submitted to God, there's no reason for you to get mad. Yeah. It, 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 even if you, if you have the heart of God and you messed up, there's no reason for you to get mad. That's right. You rejoice because God loved you enough to rebuke you. You, you rejoice because God loved you enough to chastise you, yeah. all right? So when we look at scripture and we study the history of Israel in our dealings with the covenant God, all right, her God, Israel's God, all right, we see that when they submitted to God, listen to me carefully, all you got to do is study the history. When they submitted to God and they lived in accordance to the principles that God set forth, they were at peace. Study it. Study it. They were at peace. It was in their disobedience that they were not at peace. When they disobeyed God and went their own way, Choosing the lust of their flesh, the lust of their eyes, caught up in serving idols, the pride of life. They ended up in confusion. They ended up uh, defeated by the enemy. They ended up serving idols. They ended up sacrificing their children in fiery offerings to idol gods, hoping for solutions and blessings that could never be found. Caught up in cultic practices. And all kinds of unrighteousness and ultimately destroyed. Why did Israel have to be reestablished as a nation in 1946? Because God turned them over to their enemies. I can't tell you the exact date right now off the top of my head because I didn't put that in the message and I didn't study it last night. But it was it was Jeroboam's sin and his wickedness and all of his children that followed him in that wickedness. Their sin caused God to turn them over. That refusal to repent caused God to turn them over and they were destroyed as a nation and they were never restored as a nation until 1946. Is that, that's the 20th century, right? For centuries, for centuries, listen to me. We can't continue doing what we're doing and calling ourselves Christians. Ultimately, they were destroyed. Ultimately, why do I say ultimately? because their visible destruction didn't come immediately. Are we listening? Their visible destruction did not come immediately. God is long-suffering toward us, not willing that anybody should perish, but it all should come to repentance. Ooh, but does his patience wear out? Ultimately, they were destroyed as a nation. Ultimately, they to restore as a nation. 1 Corinthians 10 and 11 says, Now these things which happened to our ancestors are illustrations of the way in which God works. The things that happened to the, to the Israelites. And we, we, we call ourselves Abraham's seed. So we, 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 we've been adopted into the family of God through faith in Jesus. So they're our ancestors. The things that happened to them were illustrations, they were word pictures of how God deals, how God works. Are you listening? So if you want to know how God works, go back and study the Bible. The problem with a lot of us is that we won't study the Bible consistently. And we know we don't study. 85, Psalm 85, verse 10. Reads steadfast love and faithfulness will meet, righteousness and peace will kiss each other. God's steadfast love is met by his people's faithfulness. Listen to this God's, if we want God's steadfast love, is met by our faithfulness, Whew. righteousness, human righteousness is the reward of God's peace. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. We want peace? That's a blessing that comes in serving God. But it comes when we live righteously. This is one of the blessings in choosing God. Secondly, the blessing and choosing God comes in the security that becomes ours as His covenant children. Security, somebody says security. How many of you have security on your house? Have an alarm system. How many of you got a security on your car? Some kind of alarm system. How many of you live in a, in a city that has police officers? Some kind of security. How many of you live in a nation that has an armed forces? Okay, But there are some things that the army can't protect you from. There's a force that, that the police officers can't protect you from. There's a force that the, that the security system on your car and on your house cannot protect you from. But if we serve God, if we, serve, if we choose, I'm, I'm not talking about serving. I want us to get, I, I, if I said serving too many times, the Lord didn't give me serving, He said choosing Him. Choosing him. If we choose God, because some of us want to serve God without choosing God, if we choose God, then we have the promise of divine protection. Since we are at war, we are in a state of war. Amen. We've got to understand that our children are not just acting crazy just because they want to, they're, they're not just being rebellious just because they want to. We are at war. We know, those of us who are born again, we know who our enemy is. But we don't always see him with the natural eye. But when we choose God, we've chosen the one who not only knows the enemy, hallelujah, but knows the strategy of the enemy, knows where the enemy is, knows how to fight the enemy. And knows how to bring us to victory in every place in our lives. Again, again, look at Israel. Just just look at Israel. Just look at Israel. God knew their enemy. If you study their history, when they went into the promised land, God fought for them. God promised to drive all of their enemies out, and God did that. Even after they sinned, and whenever they would repent, God would relent. God would have mercy on them, and then God would give them victory again over their enemy. He wants to do the same thing for us. But we've got to understand that we need to choose Him. We need to choose Him. Ephesians 6 and 12 says, We don't wrestle, we don't fight against flesh and blood. We're fighting against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the doctrines of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. This is who our warfare is against. I know many of us know this. We quote it all of the time. But when we get ready to act up, we act like we don't know it. When we get ready to get disobedient, we act like we don't know it. And, 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 and because this is a spiritual enemy, this is the reason the battle is so difficult for the person that refuses to, to submit to God. And When I say submit to God, I'm talking about submitting to God's will and God's way. This is a spiritual battle, a spiritual struggle. It's taking place in the spirit realm and is manifested in the fleshly realm. Unless you understand this, unless you, unless you discern this and understand this and embrace this, you'll never allow the sovereign God, amen, to do what he wants to do in your life, which is bring you to victory. He is our security God, saints. He is fighting on our behalf. He has resources to release on our behalf, but we must submit to him. We got to do it. We got to do it. And he'll bring us to victory. He'll bring us to victory. If victory is what we want. That's why the Bible, that's why Joshua said, if it seems undesirable for you, if it seems undesirable for you, and each one of us should ask ourselves a question Is it undesirable for me to serve the Lord? To choose the Lord? Is God's way undesirable? Is God's standard undesirable? Are God's principles undesirable to you? Is forgiving people undesirable for you? Is loving those who hate you undesirable for you? living holy undesirable for you Then you need to you just say it God I don't choose you I want to serve the same God that my grandparents served my great grandparents served That's the God I want Cuz I don't I don't like living holy I don't like bringing the tithes into the storehouse. I I don't like it. I don't like being held accountable. I don't like this thing called commitment. I just want to do what I want to do. This is my life. Lord, stop trying to control me. Stop sending that preacher to preach those messages because I don't want to hear that. I'm just here because I'm supposed to be a member. If I don't come too often, he might call me. Is it undesirable? Then choose. That's how God is saying. If you choose me, God is saying, if you choose me, I'll not only be your security, if you choose me, I'll be your peace. Lastly, lastly, the blessing of choosing God. Comes in living eternally with him once this life is ended. See, this is not a new message, it's not something you don't know, it's something you know, but it's something that we have to deal with. If I choose God, I'll live with him eternally. If I don't choose God, then I will live eternally in hell's vine damnation. See, choosing God is not just for this life. As vague as it might seem to human beings, there is a promise that we have in God of life with him eternally. Nobody has been there to come back and tell us how good it is. We can only go with the scripture. But that's the best thing to go with. That's what our faith is based on. It's based on the scripture. Scripture is clear on this principle. Heaven and hell are a reality. They are a reality. Jesus came into the world to reconcile mankind to himself and to the sovereign God so that we can enjoy life, yes, on this side, but also on the other side. Saints, think about this thing. Think about this thing. The opposite of life eternally with the Lord is life eternally with Satan in hell. If you only have a lip profession, if your life is not hidden with God in Christ Jesus, if you've only physically joined the church, but you've never been born again, In hell, you will lift up your eyes. If you choose a lifestyle that does not glorify God, you can't say you've chosen God. In hell, you will lift up your eyes. Sad reality that today, and it's been this way all of the time, but it's just getting stronger today because people are rejecting God. People are saying, God, I I don't want that way. People are blaming the church and saying that we've misrepresented God. That what applied in Old Testament days don't apply today. God is a loving God. How can such a loving God send someone to hell? God never sends people to hell. People make a choice. He He has plainly laid it out in the scriptures. He's playing the data out in the scripture. And, and young people, hear this. Because you look at things from a humanistic perspective, and things seem so right. This is not the first generation this happened in. You know, you've heard me talk about this song. I don't I can't remember what the oldest read and sang it or whoever sang it. If loving you is wrong, what did he say? <laughs> This is not just this generation. This has been going on for generations. You know? But it seems to be magnified. So people are saying, if, 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 if it's wrong to go to the beach on Sunday when I ought to be in worship, I'm going to the beach later for worship. And I'm going to take my tithe with me. Nothing wrong with going to the beach. Not a thing. But it's where your heart is. It's where your heart is. You know? Nothing wrong with going to the beach. I wasn't saying that to say well was something wrong with it. But it's where our hearts are. If your heart is with God, if you've chosen him, then you want to honor him in all of your ways. And your spirit is grieved, your spirit is broken when you don't honor God so if you can sin and it just don't matter something wrong with your heart just something's wrong there if you can mistreat people regardless of the color of their skin and it just doesn't matter it doesn't phase you at all It's something wrong with that picture not really chosen God because that's not the God of the Bible. Maybe, maybe one of the idol gods that your forefather served. But it's not the God that's revealed in the Holy Scriptures. So choosing God means that, that you will live eternally with him. You have a promise. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. Went there to prepare a place for his disciples. So if you choose him, you've chosen to live with him eternally. That's a promise of scripture. We have now the first fruits of eternal life right now. So all we have to do is go to sleep on this side so we can wake up on the other side and live eternally with the Lord. You know, that's why, as much as it hurts us for our loved ones to go, if they're believers, we should rejoice because they're now inheriting what they've lived for, what they've longed for, you know. So we rejoice. You know, you shouldn't be grieving too long. There's something wrong with you. You're grieving uh, for for five years because your mama died. There's something wrong with that now. If your mama lived for the Lord, you ought to be rejoicing. Mama's around the throne worshiping the Lord. When the angels cry holy, she's crying holy. When, when, when the 24 elders bow, she bowing. I don't know if that really happens, but you know, I know the Bible said 24 elders bow. So she's really, so we ought to, you know, we, we can't just hold on to stuff. Oh, Lord, my mama go, my husband go, Yeah, they're gone. But if they died in the Lord, they received the promise that you and I are waiting for. The old people used to say they can't crown him until I get there. Hallelujah. (laughs) I don't know whether that's the scripture or not, but that's what they used to say. Make you feel good. Amen. They're they're, they're waiting to crown him. King of kings and Lord of lords. And it's going to come at the culmination of history. So that's the promise of the scripture. If you choose God, saints, there are blessings. There are blessings that come when we choose God. Let's not say that we're choosing him when we're not really choosing him. Let's not say we're choosing God and we're consistently choosing something else. No man can serve two masters. You can't do it. Amen. That's the message for today. Our sister Lord reaching out to